0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the last. Yes, you heard oh. that. You heard breaking it at the top of the show. The last episode of Raising Bulls. We'll get to why uh, by the end of this. But uh, <laughs> we're brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network, uh, Roughneck Scarves, and Icarus FC. Um, we are the only podcast dedicated to New York Red Bulls. Two of USL. We were the only podcast. We're we're going to talk about it all. Um, Tonight, we're going to look at last match against Charleston. Another uh, tough loss for for the group. Uh, We'll preview this week's match against Miami, and uh, we'll do a little bit of a sign-off, talk about what is happening and why. Joining me, uh, appropriately so, for this final episode, it's Anthony Merced. Hello, Anthony.
1: Hello. The the last. The last. has this team broken you? Is it, um, is, is this team just too metro for, uh, for even this to you continue?
0: No, uh, the world is too metro right now. The world is too metro. There's just not enough time. Well, you know, I think, I think, uh, uh pre pandemic, you know, there's a lot of this, like, idea of, uh, you know, picking up the coverage and running for as long as you can. And, uh, it off that ride and then trying to get back on it just it it, it it don't work it don't work
1: i don't think it ever would have worked i think i think you're using the pandemic as an excuse you got you got a lot of things going on i don't know if it ever <laughs> to just be by yourself.
0: yeah that's fair that's fair i i have a tendency to take on a lot more than i can actually handle on a regular basis so
1: yeah, I mean, how can you do all the things that you're doing and figure out a way to play the remaster of Quake that just came out?
0: <laughs> I am not about... I'm about to play a Plague's Tale. I got that coming up. This is uh, uh, taking a turn into our video game preferences, but <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Uh, let's let's talk about the team first. This last match against Charleston another one of these games where if they're gonna pick up points in the season, it's gonna be against a team like Charleston. And the first 10 minutes of this game were just drunk. The three goals in the first 10 minutes, uh, in the second minute, Dionysus Harmon uh, uh, puts one in. backline really goes to sleep on a uh, an inside out cross uh, uh, and just easy to put away. Uh, great job by Harmon to make the run. Uh, Lewis kind of caught in no man's land with his defense not doing him any favors. Uh, followed immediately by Matthias, oops, excuse me, Matthias Jorensen finding the back of the net for the first time in uh, God knows how long for this team. It seemed he's like. He's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. And that was a really well worked goal. That's probably my favorite all around move that this team has had this year that led to a goal. I thought uh, winning the ball back. Uh, in the midfield, I think it's, what, three, four passes before you know they've got a shot? No, it's two passes before they've got a shot going. Great job uh, uh, on the counterattack. It was everything that you'd want to see. Five minutes in, 1-1, one, one, okay, take a deep breath. And then five minutes later, Joshua Penn gets the second one for, for this team. More sloppy defending in the back. I mean, that's the story of the year for them, but 2-1, uh, Down going into the half, watching this game, Anthony, what stands out to you about this first half?
1: It is more of the same. This team has moments, and I I actually brought this up with uh, John Walnick in a a recent um, press conference, where how do you address the fact that there are really great stints with this team 10, 20 minutes at a time, and then there are 10 or 20 minutes of just incredibly bad sequences of play and it continues to happen and there doesn't seem to be an answer for it other than this team is learning and growing but in this year they have not learned or figured out a way to grow past or at least mitigating some of the damages. You can play poorly for a stretch of, of time. The issue is this team bleeds goals and or should I say at the very least bleeds chances during those windows. And it hasn't improved thus far, and we're already what, like, seventeen games into this, eighteen games into the season. Yeah. I, 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 it's just not the progress is just not there.
0: I, I said that it was two one at the half. Uh, apologies. They also coughed up one more before the end of the half. Uh, Claudio Repetto uh, getting on the board. Um, yeah, no, I think I think that that really is the story of the season. Is that? Um, offensively, definitely not as uh, high-powered as we've seen in the past, but certainly not bad. I mean, they're able to create chances. They're able to score goals, but they can't stop it at the other end. And if you're not going to have a uh, competent defense week in and week out, it's going to be next to impossible to find wins uh, in this league, especially playing at that high-risk, high-reward system. If your defense is not up to that, you're going to be in a lot of trouble.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I don't know. Um, I, you know, like I, we're not in John Walnick's head, so we can't answer this question, but I feel like the rigidity of the system that he is placed in doesn't allow him to tell this team to play a different way in order just to get wins because this isn't about just getting wins. But at the same time, and I did mention this to him, I said, you are in a professional league where wins and losses matter, so how do you deal with this? And the truth is, this team has not dealt with that, that it is about wins and losses, and this team, as long as they stay here, maybe they'll go to the MLS Reserve League, we don't know, these wins and losses matter, and they just have not been able to answer the call to that this year. Um, At least when it comes to defensively. You're absolutely right about the offense, I think Omar So has really grown into it. I think that there's a lot of other players that have really grown into their roles. I, 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 I I'm not going to say anything other than good for Matthias Jorgensen because at this point, how many years now has it been since we should have seen something from this kid? Um, <laughs> and I, is he even a kid anymore? Is he a man now? I don't know. I think uh, even even the, three
0: years into this, I think he's only 21.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's I mean, kind of crazy. This is, this was a million dollar transfer for this club and the best we've been able to get is a nice goal in a losing season for the USL club. So it's just, it's not going well. And I, and I, and I think that, the, but the offense has not been the problem. It's been figuring out possessing the ball, figuring out how to slow the game down and figuring out how defensively not to cough up chances. And that's been a big problem for this club.
0: Oh, for sure. You want to know something? Uh, I'm what? fairly certain, um, uh, he has just passed Derek Etienne. I, uh, this is really out of date for like uh, club honors, but uh, I'm pretty sure that he just passed Derek Etienne as number six on the all-time scoring charts, although this looks like it doesn't even have Brian White or uh, Tom Barlow in here, so I don't know how. Wikipedia. Somebody uh, get it's on updating... Best. Updating the Wikipedia page. But but he scored 12 goals for New York Red Bulls, too, during his time with the team. It's, I think, like 27 matches he's had. Um, It's, yeah, it's something from him. And I think when you look at the forwards uh, in the club right now, they all share a characteristic of being very quick and uh, to they can cause trouble for the back line getting in behind. And it goes back to what we've always talked about, which is when teams sit back, that completely negates those abilities for those players. And it becomes next to impossible for them to figure out how to score goals and how to achieve, uh, in that system, as you were saying.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, we're getting to the point now, um, it, it's coming up on now 10 years of, uh, the the Renaissance of the Gengen press and, and these kinds of things and you know no one we're getting to the point now where I think it's about to be abandoned somewhat because it's been found out you know like 15 years ago it was it was Tiki Taka and possession based football and everybody's people have figured out how to play through that now the Gengen press the same way people have figured out how to pay, play through the modern version of that. We see that all over the place with all the Red Bull teams, with Liverpool, a lot of others as well. Um, and you're, you're relying on dynamism of some of these players to get you through that. So this team, both the USL team and the first team, needs to really evolve and figure out how they can get wins. And right now, I, I don't see any of that attempt of evolution.
0: Well, I think, I think it, uh, with the team's, that you've mentioned, and obviously it would include the more successful Red Bull teams in Austria and Germany. That when you see them at their best, it's because they've got center backs that one can handle the defensive side of things, but two can also drop dimes uh, to the attacking players, which, you know, splitting lines and uh, uh, finding long balls is such a huge part of uh, transition. And when you don't have that, you're not going to be successful, and the Red Bulls too definitely don't have that right now. And- neither,
1: did, neither neither does the first team, by the way. Neither does the uh, the Red Bull MLS team, and I and I think that that comes down to players like Kaku not being there. Say whatever you want about him, but well,
0: he he's not he's, a center back. But yeah, good.
1: No, no, I know. But you're, <laughs> you're talking about somebody who plays who plays with the ball at their feet. Yeah, and right now, um, and you know, center backs, that's the norm for them, really. So, um. That's what not only this team, but also the, the a lot of these teams really need to be able to bypass a lot of the teams that decide to sit back, and we have not seen it work for them. I mean, look, Bob Lilly's made an entire career over um, playing against teams like what the Red Bull do and, and, and picking them apart. Uh, lots of managers have. Um, you know, you can argue Bruce Arena does that now. But like the 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 overall point is is that there needs to be a plan B, and we've now gone so many years now where there just never is a plan B. And if plan A doesn't work, then congratulations, you have a losing team.
0: Yeah, over a decade of this, by the way, uh, even before the uh, 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 the Jesse Marsh era began, when uh, you know Thierry uh, and Tim and that whole lot. They've always struggled against teams that sat back on them and really had but no they, they answers But they were
1: for better. This. They were better as a counter-attacking team though. Like that that 2014 team. Yeah. Learned how to do and you know under Mike Petke learned how to just be a counter-attacking team and became very successful. Almost one time less. I, be, I, come I believe
0: I believe what you mean is under Thierry Andre and Robin Fraser.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean look, you know yeah.
0: yeah. Sorry, Mike. Uh, I don't they, mean to, they, to poop on you, they, but.
1: They, they found a way to make it work by being a counter-attacking team, essentially making Tim Cahill a striker and um, a deep-lying striker and then letting Thierry Henry be the distributor to attacking midfielders like Peggy Leandula and whoever else decides to be in that spot. Um, well, see, but that,
0: that's that, that I would say that that was more of the 2013 team because Cahill in 2014 coming off the, uh, the World Cup just disappeared entirely.
1: Yeah, um, I can see that. But he was very good in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, the 14th. that's true. So. Had a a great and that, playoff. And that's the anyway. only
1: time that it matters.
0: That's also true. <laughs> this week coming up, uh, getting back to Red Bulls too. They've got Miami. They got to head on the road, play Miami, um, a team that they have drawn once, lost against once. They're capable of getting a result, but it's always going to be the same thing here. Who shows up? What, defense is, is, what the defense is going to do while they're out there and uh, how they'll be able to uh, find a way to close this down. One of the things that I've been um, most wondering about, we've seen Kyle Zayetz playing a lot of, uh, uh, of center back, right? Uh, not necessarily his best position. I've wanted to see him a little bit further up the field, but I think necessity has dictated that he'd be back there. What Player in what player or players or combination of players do you think uh, could help with the bleeding of goals, um, potentially at the uh, uh, the detriment of uh, struggling to score on the other end?
1: Uh, none, because I don't. <laughs> oh, I, do, I don't think I don't think that they are. Um, the roster's not filled out in the proper places. There's a lot of attacking players, so who are you going to pull? I mean, look, we've, we've seen Mandela Egbo. We've seen a lot of people come in to play roles uh, because there's a, an incredible lack of depth this season in key positions outside of the attack. So there, there really isn't anybody. Um, and, and there's been no um, real signings. Um, we've we've heard a lot of things, but nothing has been made official to to make us believe otherwise. I mean, there's there's nobody on this team at the moment that you can say, hey, move them from the forward. Uh, barring a complete change of how they play football, which we know is not going to happen, um, there's no one you can move into that system right now on this on this club that that can get it done for what they need to do it just it hasn't happened we've seen the variation and it's just not there right now i gonna, hate to be pessimistic but it's just not there
0: i was gonna say you know that you could talk about maybe bringing down somebody from the first team but you've got drew yearwood in the squad uh probably for the next couple of games seems like he's lit in a bit of the doghouse uh for the first team you know, I think that it's understandable if you've if you've watched him play that he's got moments where he's really good and moments where he switches off, and obviously but that's not problematic. A, but,
1: but, but not in a in a defensive sweeper type midfield role, like that. That's not what he does. Right. Um, right. So so it's like if you move him there, you're going to be even worse. Like, so it's, it's it's not what he does.
0: If you're if you're not going to give uh, Frankie Amaya time at the first team. Do you oh bring goodness. him down as well?
1: But that's another guy. That's an attacking midfielder. <laughs> he,
0: he can play the attacking spot, but he's been pretty good as like the eight or uh, even like an emergency six. And I think in USL, he could easily play the, the six.
1: If he wants to, yeah. is, is the question. Yeah, fair. Um, but uh, again, like, so you're, you're, you're sacrificing the offense but playing in the sixth role, his passing up the field is not good enough for that kind of role. So it's just like, what do you, are you looking for no-nil draws? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You get some points that way.
1: <laughs> I, I, I guess. I mean, the game is pretty good. When you are 3, boring. 11,
0: and 4, picking up something that is any amount of points from week to week could be a pretty good so, thing.
1: So what you're asking me is, how does this team go from bad to boring?
0: <laughs> Hire a Jose Meridia. It's Where's pronounced that? Jose. i have given him a Jose. Is, uh...
1: um you should show way more respect to him than that i mean he is <laughs> the craziest
0: man that's the team I... that broke him how beautiful of a story would that be for him to return here and uh <laughs> leave this team to great no i don't really want that um
1: i would love every second of that yeah it, it would be tremendous. It's not going to happen. No, I don't John think so. John Walnick will never not manage this club unless someone else comes along in the USL and says, hey, we want to pay you a lot of money to manage our team because you totally deserve it.
0: And I think even <laughs> even in those circumstances, it's going to be a hard sell for him because he, he's yeah. so happy
1: at home. Um, And also, I, I also want to be very clear. When when we criticize this team, I don't think that John Walnick is the problem. No. Um, I've had some questions on other podcasts where people have said, like, is this it for John Walnick? And my answer to that always is, this is it if John wants it to be it. yeah, like That's the only way, because he has been so good with the academy players and so good developing the skills for some of these uh, uh, up-and-coming stars, essentially, that there's absolutely no reason for him not to be there. But if you don't give him the team to work with, which is the issue that we're having this year, then the results just won't be there.
0: Yeah, I don't look at this team and think like, oh, these, these guys are not performing up to their top level. Uh, and that's John's fault. I look at these guys as, and we've said this a bunch of times this year, that a lot of them are not necessarily ready for this step. And I think given that, John's still doing very well with this team. <laughs> It's, it's a tough group to, to squeeze results out of because they're all so young and inexperienced and they're going up against these independent teams uh, with lots of veteran players who, you uh, know, in, in some cases are towering over them or, you know, just way more physical and have their like full adult bodies against children. You know, they're doing this to the children. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Miami 2-1-2 and two in their last five um, over that stretch. Uh, they beat Hartford, shut them out this past weekend, 2 nothing. That was a big result for them. Uh, Austin uh, Bold uh, drew against them. They beat the Riverhounds. They drew against Hartford uh, at the beginning of August. And around that out, they beat Charleston. So they're getting results against good teams. They're a good team, despite the fact that uh, maybe they get mediocre results for uh, the talent that they've got, but they're they're sitting just behind Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh. They've turned it around from maybe a little bit more of a difficult start. <laughs> so what What's the scoreline going to be here, Anthony?
1: Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to say this one's going to be a draw. I'm going to give this one a 1-1 draw. I think that um, Miami leaks gold, and I think that um, – that the Red Bulls should be able to put together enough of a defensive performance and not let multiple goals during this
0: one. All right, I like that uh one one draw uh you know this is my last one I don't have to answer to anybody next time. I'm gonna five call it three 0 win for the New York Red Bulls too. Let's go crazy. all right I don't really believe that but three let, nil. let's see three nil five five, five seven my ten <laughs> Now we're just shouting numbers.
1: Are we, are we playing fifa here what's yeah
0: going yeah it's 16 nothing every week
1: um uh yeah what, you're playing on semi-pro what the hell's going on oh
0: man i mean once you like build your team after a couple of years if you're not like whooping on every team that you come against then i don't know what you're up what you're up to
1: are you playing every game is that what's happening
0: uh-huh Play every game. You grow all these uh, uh, young and upcoming players. Sell them off for crazy amounts of money. It's so it's since, it's the Red Bull model. I uh, I've adopted the Red Bull model for years in FIFA.
1: <laughs> so since this is the last episode, I'm going to say this in regards to um, how I play FIFA. Uh huh. Um, I I play FIFA on my Nintendo Switch. So I don't. So I, I can't speak of how you train players on uh, on a PlayStation or Xbox fifa mm-hmm. i know that the training is very different but um i will say that i don't bother training any players and i just let other people do that and buy those players from them when uh, when they're ready to be stars.
0: ah okay so, i, I auto train my players i do not do the training games because who has okay. time for that that's crazy <laughs> um you know, maybe they don't grow as fast, but I, I could not possibly sit there and play all those yeah. games for everybody.
1: I don't even bother. I, I I just I don't even hire. I don't even spend the money on the training stuff.
0: <laughs> nice. Um, OK, uh, I guess. I mean, we talked a little bit at the top, but um, or I'll give you the floor first. If there's any kind of things you want to say, signing off of this one.
1: No, just look. I mean, when did we start? The 2017?
0: 2016. We did the championship season.
1: Oh, my God. We really did. I couldn't remember we did championship. Okay. So, um, you know, this has been a really great experience. Red Bull 2 um, was my first official beat for um, professionally covering soccer. Um, and it was it was tremendous. I mean, I'm still going to be covering it. I'm not going to not be covering it. and you know, there, there will be some version of a podcast that comes from me at some point soon about not just New York Rebels too, but also um, the incoming Queensboro FC. So keep tight for that. It's not going to be next week, but, you know, we're going to work it out. Uh, so this has been a really fun journey. It's been fantastic. Made some really great friends during it. Got to watch some really great soccer, even though a lot of you people did not show up to the games. You missed, uh, you missed out on some really great players that you could watch for the price of a hot dog um, and and still are watching that because I think players like Jake LaCava and Omar So are going to be absolutely tremendous moving forward. But, you know, just being there in the building and seeing Tyler Adams and Derek Etienne and Florian Velo and Aaron Long when, you know, we were covering them Hey, weird trade from Seattle Sounders to Aaron Long to New York Red Bulls, the central defensive midfielder now playing center back. Um, it's uh, it's it's been a lot of fun, and um, this this was a great platform to really to to BS about that all the way through, which I really have always appreciated.
0: Yeah, my um my first assignment, a real assignment of being at the game and being in the press box was also new york red bulls too and um i've talked about this on the show before but i started the show just because i was like look this team is serious about developing young players their academy has been pretty fantastic for years no one's covering this right now let's let's be those people and i think that the show served us very well it served a lot of these young guys uh uh Pretty well, getting them early media uh, uh, training <laughs> with their weekly Wait, calls. Huh? Okay,
1: so I have to ask you this. Yeah. Who was your favorite interview, and who was your worst?
0: Ooh, I would have to go through a list. I should have prepared a question like that. Hold on, let's see, let's see. I've got, I've got a list of guests. I think, even without going back and just like looking at the guests, I, I think that my favorite is still. Hmm.
1: It's a hard question.
0: This is a real hard question. <sighs> All right. Uh, non player, uh, Sachi Hot. I thought uh, okay, uh, he was terrific. He was on our 50th episode. My favorite player it might probably be Evan Laura. I think he was always really fun to have oh, on. Oh,
1: God, him.
0: Yeah. What about you? Who was your favorite player that you got to interview?
1: Oh man. I don't remember if we did it on the show or not. So um Anthony Wallace.
0: <laughs> no, he was that was that was before the show. That was twenty fifteen.
1: That was before the show. Oh, damn it. He was tremendous. Um Oh man. Um jeez. I, I did like our interviews with Jordan Scarlet. I yes. thought he was really he was great. always good too. He was fantastic. Um and stefano bonomo i thought as well was was a lot of fun maybe more so off camera (laughs) or off mic i can't remember whatever made air and what didn't yeah but uh but he he was tremendous as well
0: yeah I, i i enjoyed talking to everybody i my favorite part of it was always finding out kind of like their backstories and um you know there was i loved being surprised by some of them and um I thought everybody was really gracious to, to kinda of let us in and, and give us a peek at those kinds of things and uh, Oh, and do you have I'm one last update? Oh, on what?
1: One last update. Where in the hell is Leo Souls? Okay,
0: I do actually have an update about that. <laughs> I don't remember if I ever went into it, but there was there was some inner circle people that I talked to on Leo Stoltz, and uh And
1: before we go, explain who Leo Souls is because many people may not have remembered this. Uh
0: he was the uh, I think he was first draft pick in 2015 right he was ahead of Mm -hmm. Sean um one of the best college midfielders everyone thought that you know this was going to be a huge signing for the team and he was okay in his first year and then immediately uh lost interest in playing soccer and went back home to Germany and is like just living a regular life um and, and that's essentially the update I was going to give, was that when I talked to those people, they were pretty much like, he has zero interest in um, engaging in any of this. He did not like it. It wasn't. This was not the life for him, and uh, he preferred to just uh, stay away and uh, quietly live his life. And I had to, unfortunately, accept that. I really, really desperately wanted to have Leo Stoltz on this show, but...
1: Maybe one day I I will pick up that mantle and I will go, I will learn German. And one day (laughs) when I'm covering, when I'm covering Leipzig in, uh, in, in Germany, I will go there and we will get Leo Stolz and we will ask him random questions about what kind of a boring life he's living.
0: (laughs) Right. Just, just regal people life. Um, uh uh,
1: what kind of uh what kind of uh what did they eat over there um what kind of bratwurst he (laughs) eats
0: nice um in the time doing the show i think we got to work with some really great people at red bull uh started with chris aruella we could not have gotten the first Mm -hmm. season going without him he was super uh um, interested in helping us out and and getting us guests and was very enthusiastic about the whole process I was nervous once he left. I was like, crap, I had such a great relationship with Chris. Now what's going to happen? They bring in Willie Whitelaw, who was phenomenal and is phenomenal. He's uh, a
1: celebrity now on, tw- on MLS Twitter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Willie uh, was amazing during his time here. Uh, you know, that, not a knock on Chris, uh, but just uh, Willie uh, had just a completely different uh, work ethic and uh, he, he just was always available any kind of crazy times at night. I could send him a message and he would well, Willie, come back with something.
1: Willie came from the NASL world. He yes. was, um, uh, OKC. Um, was it Raya OKC? Um, you know, in the NASL, he was with them before coming to the Red, Bull, uh, Red Bulls. Um, you know, before that it was, it was interns. Yeah. So like, so Willie, Willie was a pro beyond pros. I mean, yeah. He he was a guy who took a minor like to make a baseball reference. He he took a minor league deal when he was a pro.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. And now you see it with uh with the revs. He's doing a great job up there. I'm sure that he's going to continue to be successful. Uh, Zach Lahey, who has made his move to the first team, much like many of the players uh, that we've come in contact with here. Um, you know, it's crazy to think of like what a sorry state the MLS version of the Red Bulls would be without. Uh, how good John has done developing some of these players and being able to feed them up. Even guys who aren't necessarily going to be, you know, world beaters, being able to fill out your roster with pro ready guys is huge. And I, you know, just like that, uh, Zach also, uh, moved up to the first team. And when he was with us, uh, he was phenomenal about staying in contact, uh, getting us guys being really easy to work with, and uh available at all times and uh now I barely got to work with Matt DeLuca I only uh I think I only had to get one interview with him lined up for the show uh because of how crazy life has been there just really wasn't a whole lot of connecting but uh he seems like a great guy and I'm sure that uh, anybody that's going to do some work with Re- Red Bull 2 over the next however long he's here will find another amazing professional uh that will uh, be as helpful a partner as you could find anywhere else. I got to talk about uh, Bill Toomey, who started the show with us. He's kind of like disappeared off the map. I haven't heard much from him, but I hope he's doing well wherever he's at. Uh, I think he's
1: still... Uh, I think he's um, quarantining for the tour with John uh, Bonamas.
0: There you go. Bill in quarantine. You'll see him, I'm sure, at concerts from time to time taking photos. He still does it for Red Bull for somebody, right?
1: Uh. Yeah, um... Not for me, but I, I do know I've seen his shots come come through every now and then, and they are still so fantastic.
0: Yeah, Bill's a, Bill's a great guy. Uh, obviously, uh, Joe Steen, uh, who was on the show quite a bit, and then uh, his schedule yeah, no and life caught up him. to him. Uh, great guy. He was not my doppelganger, despite what anybody else would say.
1: Um, Wait, they thought you guys looked alike?
0: No, no, just because of the name it was just an uh, oh god gotcha.
1: okay I goldstein like you and
0: steen yeah very likely and obviously anthony um uh met you in 2015 at uh newark
1: for a u.s uh, open for the cup US, u.s open game. cup the, game the, the only one this year, team did yeah the only year that uh that red bull to participated in that
0: yep Uh, before
1: the rules changed yeah
0: yeah (laughs) i still remember watching uh jesse and uh, dennis came to the match and they were sitting down they were talking to derek etienne's parents uh presumably about uh what was going to be going on over the next year he was about to go down to virginia tech obviously they were very high on him as a prospect shame it didn't work out for him here um but uh thank you to all of those people that uh, have done so much for the show um I love this so much, but I just don't have time to do it. I really wish I did. And I could I could feel it this year. I feel like if you listen to this year's shows, at least from my performance, um, it's obvious that like this is a rushed production every week. I don't have the time to really prepare like I used to. I used to spend days kind of like putting an outline together and figuring out. I just don't have that time anymore, so so much of the time is just getting to watch the games and if i can watch a game i'm i'm already way ahead of the curve
1: so there's one thing i think that that really kind of pushes forward now and i want everybody to really whoever the the five people that listen to this um (laughs) need to need to really grasp which is um you know everyone thinks that it's just a bunch of microphones that are set up and people just talk and ramble but it isn't there's there's um there's production there's um run sheets, all the kinds of things that go into this, the research beforehand. Um, None of this stuff is easy. All of it is incredibly intensive. And when we started this, you had a kid when we started this. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like, you know, it was, I I don't even, when we met, I wasn't even married yet. Yeah. Um, So like, it's, um, you know, there's life and we don't do this for a living. So... All of everything, and it's not just us, but, you know, you and Mark Fishkin as well um, for seeing Red. Um, While we're not going to continue doing this, just realize how much work goes into this that we all do. Because we're fans and we love football, soccer, um, we love the Red Bull organization and we we believe in, in, in a lot of what they're doing. And know that there's a tremendous amount of effort that goes into this. It's not just set up a microphone and talk. There is a a lot of work that a lot of that a few people a very small group of people do to be able to get a professional product out to you guys so signing off on this is an acknowledgement of the fact that like we just don't have the time to do it anymore
0: it's sad it's sad it's an end of an era i hope i hope now we're creating a void that someone else is going to step in and fill And these players still get the spotlight they deserve because so many of these guys are pouring everything into trying to make their dream come true. And uh, I hope that there's some attention paid to that.
1: And from a written standpoint, you know, Rebel News Network will still be there. Um, We're going to try our best to get something audio related out, you know, at some point. But again, it's very difficult. But, you know, you guys all need to learn how to read. So please read more. Um, yeah. Of what we're writing, Gary Redman has been doing a fantastic job there as well. So, um, please, 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 you know, give it some reading. Um, you know, put some glasses on. Do whatever you have to do, but you know, make it, make it work. Uh, learn the English language, and uh, you know, give, give give us a few, give us five more hits than we have on our Red Bull TV stuff.
0: <laughs> Kaboom! Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for uh, tuning in for the last couple of years, I mean I really, really loved doing this show. I wish that I still had the time to do it. that you you'd mentioned the time and like it's just we're regular people doing this. this is not our living. So when you are looking at uh, uh, the news coverage that uh, you know we do we're we're fan bloggers we have to we have to you know admit that to some degree, but you know we we hold ourselves in regard as journalists. And uh, it it's not our jobs. We love doing it. There's a lot that gets poured into that. And um, when when you feel any amount of, of recognition um, or praise for the work that you put in, it, it goes a very long way. So whoever you're listening to, whoever you're reading, make sure that you're helping promote them. Make sure that uh you're you're um creating positive interactions within the community i think too often we get very cynical and uh uh um we become very tribal in our thinking we've got groups who um uh, uh are always at odds within uh the red bull fandom at large and i don't think that's going to end anytime soon but just remember that right. we're we're all under the same umbrella so be kind to each other.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. I've never had an issue with the supporters. Group. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Me either. Um, but again, you know, thank you guys all so much. I hope that uh, something better comes along. Uh, for myself, for Anthony Merced, and uh, most importantly, you know, I thanked all these other people. I never thanked uh, all the guests, I should say. Uh, and, uh, John Woenek who came on the show so many times and was always awesome growing up and watching this team I uh, was uh in awe of him I thought that he was a, a crazy player to watch because uh, he could score goals but um he just didn't see he didn't have like that typical like athletic build and he just kind of seemed like a lanky guy out there but he gave his all all the time he was willing to put his body on the line to score goals and uh he he carved out this really interesting career for the red bulls and being there at some of the biggest moments that the team has had up until this point and getting you know huge goals in the playoffs and of course the one in mls cup uh i really idolized him. it was great to be able to talk to him and get to know him over the last couple of years um and was uh it-
1: he was a white-haired Kai
0: <laughs> Yeah, He was he was white-haired for the last 40 years. Um, but uh, it, it was great to get to know him and uh, a great talking to him. And thank you so much for coming on, John. Uh, I'll do that again for myself, uh, for all the players we've had on, for all the comms that we've had. Anthony Merced, Bill Toomey, Joe Steen. Thank you very much, and have a good night. <laughs>